You're listening to the Meet the Farmers podcast with me, your host, Ben Eagle. Please remember to subscribe to the show wherever you are listening. everyone and welcome to episode 217 of the meet the farmers podcast with me ben eagle today we're in leicestershire and i'm meeting fifth generation dairy farmer amy eggleston um, who some of you will know better as the dairy daughter on instagram amy and her family run a 600 cow dairy herd on a new zealand style grazing and spring calving system um, as well as her life on the farm, uh, she's also a rural marketing specialist. Um, she's the director of Pastures Green Communications, which she set up in 2018 uh, to help rural and agricultural businesses promote themselves both on and offline. Um, so it's no wonder, really, that she's a bit of a social media whiz, um, as many of you will know. Uh, Amy, welcome to Meet the Farm. It's always good to have a member of Team Dairy on here. Um, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am well, thank you. Thank you for asking. Um, no, I'm very well. Yeah, busy, um, but uh, everything is good. Where shall we start? Um, let's start with social media because um, we'll get onto the farming after that. But uh, I, I'm going to admit I'm, I'm pretty terrible when it comes to social media and I should do a lot more than I do. And I'm always told I, I should. But it, the one thing I know about it is it does actually take up quite a lot of time. Um, so when and why were well, the when and why for you so when did you start uh doing stuff with socials and and why for you why did you want to start getting your content out there yeah i mean it's definitely more time consuming than i ever anticipated yeah. so, as you say, it's a good place to start but um essentially i had a bit of a strange background into farming and went away to London um, to work when I finished uni. So I had like very much a city exposure. You know, I loved city life. I think everybody thought I was going to hate it because they were like, she's a farm girl. She's from <laughs> Leicestershire. You know, she won't like London life. And I'd been in Leeds at uni okay. and I just, I just loved it. You know, yes, the commute wasn't great on the tube, but um, I got to meet people. I, my job was in PR, so I was communicating with big brands. You know, I just I just loved the city life. And I think being there made me see, I guess, the disconnect between people and food. I was working with some foodie brands, some drink brands, and people were more bothered about um, brand campaigns and PR stunts and all the, you know, shiny things rather than like where their food was coming from. So um, the reason I came home to farm was I broke my neck in a skiing accident, which was a bit, it, it sounds oh. worse than it is. Everyone always goes, oh no, that sounds awful. And it was, actually, it could have been a lot worse. I um, slipped over, let's say, skiing and essentially needed a lot of physio. So came home to farm and all my friends back in London back in Leeds could not believe what farming life entailed they were like no no no, that is not real like you do not get the cows <laughs> in like they don't all just follow you I was like they do like this actually happens it does actually happen this way yeah yes. they they literally couldn't get their head around it and um we all had a joke brainstorming at uni and our final weeks of uni like what are we going to call this Instagram page Amy like the dairy diary or ah, and okay. one of the girls said the dairy daughter and I was like well yeah this kind of makes sense 
but I just wanted to give them a different perspective, show them where their food came from a bit. Like, you know, a lot of them had read myths online and they'd lived with me for long enough to know, you know, the truth. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just real to give a different perspective to my friends. Okay. And uh, I mean, it's obviously grown since then. Actually, you speak to quite a lot of people who who start in that way and then all of a sudden, oh, other people are following as well. Um, yeah. So in terms of your your audience as well, in terms of who you're reaching out to, are, are you reaching out to anyone in particular? Obviously, you're, you're trying to show what you do on the farm day by day um, and, and and have some fun as well. But it's uh, are you reaching out to any particular type of person or is it just sort of whoever follows, follows? Yeah, I mean, there was never like an aim to be like, oh, I'll set out, you know, to speak to this kind of person. But I think you do have to have a bit of an idea of who you're speaking to, because otherwise, if you try and speak to everybody, then you kind of miss the point. A lot of the time, you, you can't really please everyone. So um, although a lot of farmers do follow me, because let's be honest, farmers love being nosy and looking around other people's farms and seeing other people's oh, cows. Yes. Um, I do actually target a lot of my content at people who are non-farming just because I like to explain the way I'm doing things. I think it's important that we put explanations out. Um, I have a real filter on what I post and what I don't post. You know, I'd never post an animal in a compromising position. I don't think people should, in my opinion. My opinion's always been, you know, you wouldn't post your dog, a picture of your dog, if it was ill or dying. So why would you post a cow or a sheep? So I'm very much like I show what I believe um, is the right thing to show. And therefore, yeah, I'm targeting it at people who aren't farming, who come to learn a bit more. Along the way, there's been a lot of people who have been like, oh, um, my kids watch these stories. And I'm always thinking, like, I better watch my language. Um, But I, it is a mix and I do think it's a privilege to be able to like chat with other farmers as well and get advice on things but yeah again going back to like my mates who knew nothing about farming I always get my friends texting me being like didn't know that so yeah, yeah I try and keep things pretty like we do, I, don't, I try not to use acronyms or you know that all the terminology that we dairy farmers use and expect people to know what we're talking about and I mean, obviously there are now quite a few um, farmers out there on on instagram farming farming twitter it will always remain twitter to me is, is still certainly a thing um but yeah th- there's lots of farmers on, on instagram now and i thought this would be a good opportunity actually just to to dig into that in terms of lots of farmers will they'll they'll start their instagram for different reasons as you started yours as well but perhaps putting your 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 marketing pr hat on uh, for a bit if we look at sort of the farming uh, farming sector as a whole here and, and any farmers who want to show what they're doing what do you think makes a successful farming instagram account what what, what does success mean and and what should farmers uh, be looking for how, how do you start i mean success is going to look different to everyone isn't it you know there's not one size fits all um for me it's effectively communicating my message you know I've taught someone how you get milk from a dairy cow what we're feeding them what a dairy farming day looks like then that's success to me but not everyone would agree with me um a lot of people I speak to are put off by the fact that they might get hate or they might get negativity and I say well you know that could happen in any job like we you know we all get more negativity in reality than we should as farmers and that's a shame but 
look at the big fashion influence, influencers online. They get hate for being too skinny, too fat, eating mm-hmm. too much, eating like they get hate. So, you know, it's not just our industry. You know, I don't think that makes it right, but I don't actually get that much negativity. I think Twitter has a place, but yeah. I think, you know, farmers can be quite opinionated on Twitter. And I found actually that other farmers are probably more critical than the general population. Um, if you're going to set up a page, I think Instagram is a great one to try because people have to follow you. So you don't tend to get, it's not like TikTok where your videos are being thrown out to all sorts of people. It's more, you are getting a bit of um, knowledge of who's there, who's replying. Yeah, don't don't let that put you off, I guess, is my, is my message because the, the amount of negativity I've had has been relatively small and the positivity I've had has massively outweighed it. You know, people coming via Instagram for Open Farm Sunday, people asking if they can come and look round. I had a lady message me saying, I work for Harrods and I re- I'm just moved into the cheese sector. Can I come to your farm to learn? I was like, wow. absolutely. You know, of course you can. I mean, that's success for me, as I say, because I've communicated that message. But some people would say success is in the numbers, but that's not the way I see it. I just think how great that I've got this platform and I can tell this story. Why do you think you say that farmers are maybe more negative? Why do you think that's the case? A comparison. And I don't, <laughs> you know, I won't, really? I won't understand it, but it's a comparison thing, isn't it? People are like, we don't do it that way. Oh, we, you shouldn't do it like that. And I'm like, well, our way could work too, you know? Yeah. Um, if it works then, for us, it works yeah. for us. At the end of the day, there's hundreds of farms, hundreds of dairy farms, and we're all running different systems. I'm not telling you how to run your farm like mine. I'm telling you this is my life and this is my dairy farm. It works for our family. It works for our business. It works for our soil type, which, let's be honest, is a big thing. And it works for our milk contract, which, again, is a huge thing. I'm not telling you how to do it, but I do get messages from people being like, I do it this way. And I'm like, cool. Oh, really you you actually get people message you saying that yeah yeah like daily wow it's an odd one because you wouldn't tell someone how to cook their meal a certain way would you like I think you should fry the onion before you like it's odd just because I put a fence up that way like why does it offend you so much <laughs> <laughs> but yeah then the opinions are there and you know Twitter especially gives people the the means to express them so it happens i'm sure i've just maybe avoided twitter slightly recently this episode is being supported by our primary sponsor howden rural which is the new name for aplan rural the howden team shares my passion for giving a voice to farmers and we have both driven to raise the profile of farming voices to a wider audience howden rural do a lot of work on social media themselves sharing farming accounts and farming stories They have a rural community blog which shares farmers' experiences. They also support a growing number of initiatives that champion UK farmers, including this podcast. So a big thank you to Howden Rural for supporting Meet the Farmers. Let's uh, let's turn to the farm. Um, So you're milking 600, all black and white. Um, You're running a New Zealand-style system. Uh, That's pretty much all I know. Um, so to, to tell us a little bit more about uh, who you're who you're producing for, um, tell us a bit more about the farm. 
Yeah, so we're producing for Long Claws and Dairy, which oh, fantastic. is um, a big Stilton producer in the UK. Yeah. Obviously, Stilton can only be made in the three counties in this area. So um, there's 30 farms all sending their milk there. And um, yeah, they're producing about 75% of the Stilton that's made in the world. So um, we're very lucky to have sent our milk there for all five generations. We've got a very close relationship. We're close in geographically as well. So um, that's nice for us. We're fortunate to have that. Um, the farm now, as it as you see it today, is very different to what it was historically. My granddad was very passionate about showing Holstein cows. They were big, three times a day milking, indoor. You know, it was an intensive dairy farm with TMR feeding. Um, and essentially, dad came home in his 20s and decided over time after spending a bit of time in New Zealand in his 30s that it wasn't really working anymore and um, it wasn't a profitable system unfortunately so um, we've essentially flipped flipped the system where yeah as you say 600 cows we're all grazing February to November so a big chunk of the year we're block carving so we like all the hard work to be done in the spring and we call it low input, low cost dairy. So, you know, I had a question today on Instagram, which made me laugh where people were saying, can we see the machinery? And I was like, what machinery? Like, no offense. If you want to see shiny kit, this isn't the place to come. You know, um, we have contractors do pretty much all of our external work. We are focusing on the cows and we're not pushing yields. We're essentially focusing on low cost um, and it works for us like I say it works for our land type we're lucky we can graze for that big chunk of the year we've taken a lot of inspiration from New Zealand but yeah I'm working with my dad he's running the farm um, the business and then my brother's farming too so full family unit my mum when she comes home she's like sick of hearing about it she's like guys you need to stop <laughs> um, and then uh, yeah, we've got a, a full-time team as well. So yeah, it's pretty hectic, but I love it. No, fantastic. And it's, it's the other thing, I remember when uh, Ruth Grice came on the show, actually, she's also producing for, for Long Clawson. And yes, I think as a, as, as a producer group, I suppose, are you, are you, are you fairly, fairly close with other farmers in the group? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people like Ruth and us will have been producing for for generations. So everybody kind of knows everyone you know it's all within quite a quite a small area we're very lucky in that way i think yeah yeah should also say we had a we had an acronym come in there tmr which total mixed ration yeah yeah oh yeah just just have to i just have to do that you know what Um, they say about practice what you preach (laughs) exactly um, so so growing up so fifth generation um but obviously so you you ended up having a career in london um But did part of you when you so take me take me I suppose back to uh, teenage Amy? Um, did you want to farm? Did you really not want to farm? What were you thinking back then? I just never really considered it. Like I don't know, I don't know what it was. I always just like I loved school. I have very fond memories of being here as a child. You know, um, I just loved being out outdoors. I was very fond of the area and being at home. But I just never really learned how to farm. And I know that sounds really odd, especially for people who are bringing children up on their farm now. But it wasn't pushed on us in any way. It was never a choice that was forced upon us. It was always, you go and do your thing. You know, um, dad was here 
still relatively young, I guess, you know, young family. He's grown the business and that was, you know, his thing. And yep. now there is, you know, room for us to come back to, but it was never pushed on us. I just wanted to go and experience that city life. You know, Leeds was just the perfect uni for me, not too far from home. But my friends used to joke because they'd be like, she still goes home most weekends because she like gets back roped into the cow jobs. But <laughs> I was never... I was never a person who was spending all my spare time working on the farm. When I came home full time, I still didn't know what mastitis looked like. It was still a real awakening for me. So coming home full time was like a bit of a shock because I felt like I'd always lived here, but never considered it as a career. So yeah, I don't, it's an odd one, isn't it? Because a lot of people say, I knew I wanted to do it when I was five. And I was a bit like, I just didn't, I didn't really give it much thought. Meet the Farmers is brought to you by Rural Pod Media, the only podcast production agency to specialise in the rural sector. We're on a mission to make rural stories mainstream and help businesses, organisations and communities like you tell your story through podcasting. Podcasting is a fantastic way of connecting with your audience, whoever that might be, getting your message out there and networking with leaders in your niche. Rural Pod Media can help you by launching your new podcast or helping you with the technical side. We also provide podcast training and an audit service if you already have a podcast you're not sure where to take it to next. For more information or to book a call, visit ruralpodmedia.co.uk. That's ruralpodmedia.co.uk. In terms of the industry as a whole, I mean, when my dad, left the industry and he was he was breeding pedigree holsteins he left in 2001 um i mean there are now far fewer dairy farmers than there were there and we also have more bigger herds i suppose generally in terms of the shift in the direction generally um there are obviously fewer people on farms mm -hmm. um overall what what are your thoughts on that sort of shift in the direction that, that dairy has sort of gone in I mean, like I said before, it's, you know, farming isn't a one size fits all approach. We all farm to suit where we are and who we are and our own ambitions, I guess. Um, we just can't all be the same. I mean, availability of land is a key one, isn't it? With land being taken up by more houses and things like HS2, um, there's all sorts of different reasons why people might not be able to farm on a large scale like they could before. Um the cost investment, let's be honest, is huge. Um, and that's not something that can be taken on lightly. I always worry about, you know, the opportunities for new entrants. And we've got people here who are coming from a non-farming background. And you just think for them to set up on their own, you know, a farm or getting your, your foot in the door is a flipping expensive um, yeah. way to start. And therefore, is a big farm realistic? Maybe not. But yeah, we're lucky that our farm's grown over time and that doesn't mean it's right for everyone to to keep growing. This this farm is at maximum now. You know, we're not getting any bigger. Um, this is a mature unit and um, I feel fortunate to be where we are, but it just doesn't, it doesn't mean it's right for everyone. I'd rather people did what was right for them and right for, you know, their family, their life, their mental health, rather than just go big to prove a point. Yeah, absolutely. And there are huge numbers of the industry itself if you even if you look at dairy it's incredibly diverse there are lots of different opportunities in in different areas as well 
Yeah, and it's not just dairy, is it? You know, like people are selling milk from their farm. People are making ice cream. People are, you know, making farm parks and people who can visit. There's all sorts. I mean, we are relatively like traditional in the fact that we just have cows now. But I guess that's where we've invested our time and money. Yeah. Uh, Let's look at um, your communications uh, business and sort of your PR background. And and I suppose your interest in marketing as well. I mean, where did your interest in uh, marketing start? Well, as I say, I got that job at uni um, as like a placement year job in PR. And that was great because I was working with um, big brands, you know, that a lot of people have heard of, like Budweiser and Microsoft and people like that. And it was cool because, you know, you were doing like big events. But it was like, hold on you know, these people are communicating with their customers. Yes, they might be Budweiser, like, you know, they're massive and communicating with their customers might be look different and flash and, you know, have all the celebrities involved. But why don't we do this better in agriculture? You know, not just dairy, agriculture full stop. You like came home and just thought, yes, we don't have all the big fancy budgets and, you know, we don't have all the flash you know, PR stunts, but right. we've got the coolest story. And I always say this, you know, with the cheese as well, like the the fifth generation story with the Stilton is yep. an amazing story to tell. It yet is. when you go to the supermarket, you pick up some Stilton once a year at Christmas and think there's my cheese board done. It's yep. like, where was the disconnect? And yeah, how almost just 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 side comment as well. I've never got I've never got the thing of why people just buy Stilton at Christmas. I know. Just why? I know. I just have it in my mac and cheese. Like my husband started having it on top of his beans on toast. I mean, we're maybe maybe slightly biased, but apparently on top of his beans on toast, it's a game changer. So I encourage people to try that one. Um, But yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird thing. And I was like, you know, people were messaging me on the Instagram page saying like, would you promote this product for us? And I was like, with all due respect, no, because this product is a high tech, expensive, um, like monitoring product that doesn't work for our business. But don't like there is something here, you know, you there's an opportunity of other people you can work with. And I just wanted to help other people um, see how not just working with influencers and like influence is a horrible word, but, you know, not just doing that, but how people could tell their story better because it's just not being tapped into enough. And, you know, there's loads of PR firms working with agriculture in the UK now, um, all all different sectors, but especially in dairy, I was just kind of like, oh, we've got all these dairy products that um, we're promoting and they go to the supermarket and or even just your local shop and people pick them up and the story's lost. And it just seems a bit unfair. Yeah. So, I mean, without obviously using specific examples or naming names but can you sort of give us an idea of how you might work with someone to help them tell their story better what what are you looking for in a good story how how do you take how do you draw them out a lot of it is stuff that's already there like I say like the either a generational story that's you know a grandma's recipe or there's often a story behind it even if it's a new startup why did they start the business you know often I mean this is dairy specific but it might be a dairy business who have been farming for years and they've always 
had people wanting the product you know oh I'd love to try some milk from a farm or you know that kind of thing and when they eventually take the leap you know they're the first generation but they've got so and so from down the road who could give them a great testimonial to say you know I've had this product for years and it's amazing and you know getting people to realize the value of that story yes using it on social media but you know, websites, how they get noticed online. A lot of my stuff is digital. There's so much merit in in working with newspapers and traditional media. But, you know, yeah, getting people on podcasts, getting celebrities or um, even ambassadors who, who aren't necessarily seen as celebrities, but recognizing their product, like just getting their name out there, really. It's never really a one-size-fits-all approach, is it? Because let's be honest, all the farming businesses, totally different. People are diversifying in more areas than I can keep up with now. And I'm like, this is great, but how on earth did you think of this idea? Just a little more about our primary sponsor, Howden Rural, which is the new name for A-Plan Rural. Same people, different name. Howden Rural provide bespoke insurance cover for farms and estates. This could be for anything from tractors and machinery to a new exciting diversification venture. So for more information, visit howdeninsurance.co.uk forward slash rural. We've mentioned earlier that there are now a lot of farmers, um, such as yourself on social media, putting their content out there. Um, But Again, if we're thinking of the image of farming to the public, I suppose, and having farming stories and why does this matter? I suppose, why does it matter for you that farmers themselves don't leave it up to, because obviously there's the NFU and and other sort of industry bodies, but why is it important for you that farmers themselves actually tell their own story, get their message out there? It feels like there's what we can do. Yes, you could say, oh, that's not for me to do. You know, I pay X amount to the NFU and I pay X amount to AHDB and that's up to them to sort out. But do we really want to leave everything up to other people? Like we have a chance to tell it ourselves. I just think, you know, if we exercise caution around what we're sharing, then there's an opportunity to share a very personal story, which actually can't be told by those big organisations. You know, I'm on the NFU dairy board as an appointee. and it's great to see how lobbying and um, the the efforts of the NFU can make big changes to policy and things. Yes, I might not be able to do that using my Instagram account, but if I can get people thinking differently about the fact that, hold on, I've read online that there's antibiotics in milk and I've seen that girl on Instagram. They don't even need to know my name. Somebody called me Daisy the other day because they obviously got <laughs> Mary daughter mixed up with Daisy. Fine. Yeah. They, do, they they need to realise that, oh, that girl told me she chucks her milk away if a cow's had antibiotics. I don't think that's true. Yes, on a wider scale, you know, the industry needs to bash these myths. But I think I've got a chance to do it too and show it in practice. Because yeah. that's something these big organisations can't do really very well. They can't show the day-to-day of me chucking milk away because a cow's had antibiotics or you know, a cow coming in to the vet because of whatever. It's a hard balance, isn't it? Because some people don't want to know the name of the animal they're about to eat. They don't want that connection. And I understand that. But some people do want to learn more and actually have genuine questions, whether that's a 10-year-old 
or an, a 70 year old yeah. you know people who see our cows crossing the road always have questions why have they got that why have they got that we need to be here to answer them and i think that's something we can do without the help of the big organizations and we can kind of myth bust ourselves by doing it in practice what's one thing that you think the public should know about farming in the uk how much hard work actually goes into it because you know we always talk about the high quality food the standards of our food and how amazing it is um you know only the other day we were hearing stories of jacob Rees-Mogg saying that you know he would rather have the hormone injected meat from australia like People might read that on the news and not really understand the relevance of it. They need people need to understand the hard work that goes into creating that British brand that we've worked so hard mm-hmm. for. I mean, that, let's just, before we just pause on, on for a minute because it's still. I and mean, I was on on Twitter this morning and it's still sort of bubbling around. And I mean, apart from nothing else, I mean, I I actually made the point of that that I mean, I think why why didn't the BBC have Manette on? that particular panel when when they're on BBC politics but also when, when he was making that comment itself as well where does that come from where does that come from I mean it just screams of lack of education doesn't it like do you know what you're talking about he said you know I've tried meat in Australia and it was nice like yeah okay I could eat a kangaroo in Australia and say it was but You know, if I don't know the way that kangaroo has been farmed or killed, then I don't know anything about it. It's a lack of education. It's just Um, bizarre. It's really bizarre. And it's just sad because, you know, you see it come here and it it hurts the farmers, doesn't it? It's we're like, oh, that's a blow to us. And it's blooming just so narrow minded and short sighted. But he thinks opening trade deals and being that person who says oh we should be open is the popular thing to do I just don't I just don't get it I was with some school kids this summer and there was a little kid and he was like really engaged he was asking all the questions you know we had a cow that's like a wooden cow and it's got a fake udder so they can like have a go at it and he was like really intrigued and then when it came to the end when I said right who wants to have a go he said no and I was like I didn't really understand why And I was like, are you scared of cows? Have you had a bad experience? And he was like, no. He was like, I liked your talk. But me, that thing you said about calcium in milk, it's not true. My mum's told me milk's actually bad for you. And I was like... That's all it takes, isn't it? He yeah. He's believed that he doesn't want to touch this cow because he thinks it's an unhealthy product. And I was like, firstly, just to let you know, pal, it's water in this fake udder. I'm just getting you to milk. <laughs> Secondly, I was like, do you have an iPad or like Google? Because kids always have blimmin' iPads and Google now, don't they? He was like seven. And he was like, yeah. I was like, why don't you go home and Google why all the rugby players drink milk? And Google calcium in milk and let me know what you find out. And he was like, okay, yeah. But, you know, it's just one small thing it took, one lack of education throughout the whole chain. And like you say, it's bad, but it's often the teachers or the parents that are telling their kids, oh, no, don't drink that. It's bad for you. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and it's so true. And and as a kid, who are you going to believe? Of course, your you're going to believe your your, your mum and your teachers. Yeah. yeah, 
apart from this right. aside from this random lady who's brought in a cut out cow and asked you to milk it like i don't <laughs> think you're gonna believe me but he was loving the stuff you know he was really intrigued about the cows eating the grass and the four stomachs and he was so intrigued and then he just blocked off when i said calcium in milk i was like how bizarre so i mean that links quite nicely onto the next question i suppose which is to do with challenges um and everyone comes with a different response to this but what for you is the biggest challenge that farmers face at the moment i mean let's be honest high input costs the cost of investment and the low milk or the falling milk price is an obvious one for the dairy industry um like I said before, I, I do think that's really challenging for new entrants. And that's scary, isn't it? Because we want to encourage people to come into the industry. And it's the cost of putting up a new shed, even with these grants, you know, the calf shed grant and things like that, it's still off-putting. You know, the cost yeah. of steel has just gone up exponentially. That's worrying to me. I think that's a real challenge. But I also think there's a challenge within ourselves that we need to change you know we've we've a lot of us and i'm not being rude but a lot of older generation farmers have a view of we've always done it this way this is the way we do it these are the hours we work they have to be long we have to work 365 days a year and we absolutely must work ourselves into the ground and complain about it to everyone that speaks to us that is you know traditional and i see it all the time i get it all the time are we going to encourage new people to come into the industry with that attitude? No, we're not. I just think, you know, we actually need to challenge ourselves. We need to look in the mirror and say, why do we have a labour problem? Because they have labour problems in hospitality too, by the way. You know, it's not just yeah. us. I just think we've got to be more adaptable and more flexible to suit the um the incoming workforce you know people don't want to work silly hours they don't want to give up their mornings and their afternoons and their evenings people still want to pick their kids up from school which by the way can work around a dairy farming career what's wrong with that you know I just think like it's not a traditional challenge in terms of like what the question you were asking Ben but why, why aren't we challenging ourselves to make a change because we're always complaining about labour and we're always complaining yeah. about staff, but we've got to work on it too. And yeah. farming has loads of cool perks. And, you know, the fact I'm getting to do this podcast when most people will be sat in an office typing away on their computer all day, like I'm now going to go outside and, you know, spend the day in nature. Yeah, Great exactly. perks. Why do we think the footpaths were so busy in COVID? Everyone wanted to be outside. There's so many perks, but we're not shouting about them. And it yeah. just it really grinds my gears, as you can tell. No, so true. And actually, I mean, you raise hospitality as well. And I think it, it is a great example because when you hear people talk about hospitality and, and the labor issue there, we don't yeah, we don't shut up about talking about working hours and and, and, yeah. and the struggles with that and the reasons why you might not want to work in that area. So but let's actually yeah, let's talk about the positives. Let's actually try and actually bring people in and yeah, and then be realistic about about those challenges uh, within within the sector itself. Look at your own business, look at your own practices and then think, well, is this is this the best place for, for someone to come and work? What else could I do to improve that situation? Yeah. And I think, you know, there's so much, oh, it's got to be 
you know, it's got to be that everything. A day off means your week. And, you know, I've had people messaging me like, oh, she's on holiday again. And I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to apologize for having a life. You know, there's like, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with the fact that I'm working with my dad and he supports me to have a life as well. You know, yeah. these harvest boys go off in the summer and work however many hours a week. And they know they're doing it for a reason and they're doing it for a short time. Dairy is fast becoming that all year round. And it's in my eyes, it's becoming non-excusable because people don't want it anymore. And I wouldn't want it. I think it's a good challenge for everyone in Team Dairy there. Um, what's next for you? Um, you, is there sort of something that you something you want to do something that sort of in 10 years time are you going to be doing the same thing have you got an itch for anything I feel like that's quite a scary question Ben because if I say I'm going to have to commit like (laughs) yeah you're then you then have to because everyone's like well you said no I mean long term you know I recently got married so I'd love to be able to um you know start a family of my own and I guess bring another generation into farming in some way however that is um but really in the short term you know we've got a very quiet three months coming up we've spent the summer getting the the farmyard looking absolutely great dad said yesterday I think this is the best form we've ever been in and I said don't say that because there'll be like a hurricane or something like please don't jinx it but no we have we've been painting we've been repairing all the sheds are looking great we're ready for whenever the day comes that the cows come in we're hoping we'll have another four or five weeks but you never know And then, you know, we do have a quiet Christmas. We have a pretty chilled January. We go once a day milking. Everybody gets time off. And then we get the chaos of carving. So the joys of the spring system. Yeah, I love it because, you know, we actually do get to switch off. It's not like when we were carving all year round. Um, But yeah, you 600 cows carving in 12 weeks. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, we're going to start to round things up. I love this conversation, but uh, time is against us. So we're going to move to a new feature on Meet the Farms, which is the quick questions, which I've totally stolen off uh, well at Rock and Roll, but um, I'm sure he'll forgive me. Um, First one, uh, what colour tractor, red, blue or green? For anyone that's listened to the rest of this episode, I'm refusing to answer because I'm a dairy farmer. So I'm saying I'm not a tractor girl, sorry. You, you can still have an opinion. You can still have an opinion. I just don't. No? Okay. Sorry, okay. Ben. That's fine. I mean, <laughs> this next one, I'm, I'm guessing I know what it's going to be, but it might not be. Um, if you had to choose one and one only, what would it be? Lambing season, harvest season, or milk every day? Well, Stress, stress on read... every day there. Every day. I thought, when I read this, I thought, well, lambing season for me is carving. So can it be uh, carving? Okay yeah yeah no you can you can have that you can have Thing that. Is we have no sheep so you know if it was out of lambing season harvest season or milk every day i'd definitely be choosing milk every day because i can't i'm terrible with tractors and terrible with sheep but if we can make that carving season then then game on we'll make that carving and your <laughs> final one which is a bit random your favorite city london is london yeah i just yeah. i people complain about it but there's so much to do so much availability and yeah it's just easy for us to get to, isn't it? Uh, final questions. Your message for the public, Amy. Choose your food wisely. If you're questioning something online, if you've read something or seen a video that you're not sure about, ask a farmer, not TikTok. Nice. And message for farmers? 
this is our opportunity to to tell our story. And I still think we're missing out on it. Farming doesn't have to be a one size fits all. Do what works for you and your farm and tell people how great it is. In most normal jobs, you don't get to go and pick slows on a Wednesday afternoon and make gin with it. Think of the countryside perks. Oh, that's definitely the only message we've had so far that's had slow gin involved. You know what? Um, I just I just I just thought I love slow gin. I need to get that in there. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um and uh, uh finally, uh your recommendation for a blog, podcast, or social media account to follow can be farming or non-farming. Well, for the dairy gang out there, follow farmer in training. Um, she's Sophie from down south and on a similar system to us great to follow on Instagram and for a funny podcast that's non-farming my therapist ghosted me always gives me a laugh out on the farm uh thank you Amy so much for coming on um it's been it's been really nice to uh put a a, I would say a a face to an Instagram account but I'm not sure that really works that way (laughs) a face to the alter ego yeah (laughs) And uh, no, no, thank you for coming on and and, uh, and telling us about what you do. And please keep making the great cheese because I really appreciate it. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> that is it for today. Uh, we'll leave it there. A big thank you to Amy for coming on the show. Um, please do like and subscribe to the show. Leave us a review wherever you're listening. Um, next time, um, we will be talking sheep. I'll be joined by sheep consultant and Nuffield scholar matt blythe um so join me next week for that um thanks to our primary podcast sponsor howden rural insurance for supporting the show uh please see the show notes for more information any links that we mentioned today are there uh for now though i'm ben eagle this has been meet the farmers thank you very much for listening and i hope you have a great week